Again, I have never played Legion. Um, I'm just a fan of, of of Star Wars, so I was like, "Oh, this yeah. seems very, very interesting." Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep everything for the podcast, so that way we're yes. not, uh, yes, surprising ourselves later. Don't I started recording control now, me. Just, just so we have uh, some time, uh, and less of control, more of suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> you cast suggestion, roll save. <laughs> I think I that was a I fail, should. and then it was like a persuasion check after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was How the player that complaining to the DM. It's like, what do you mean I fail? I have a nineteen in charisma. I don't. Fa-. That's what that was. That was above the table, bleeding into the table. <laughs> hey, you have to you have to milk it where you can. <laughs> I like that. also what the bard would say. <laughs> Oh my God. But you know what the bar wouldn't say? They wouldn't say that they're on the Squad Games podcast. Hello, everyone. My name's Giacomo. Today, I'm with Dakota, Emmanuel, and Saya. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different because it's a new game coming out. Star Wars Shatterpoint from Atomic Mass oh. Games. You guys excited? Super. Very, very much so. Yes, indeed. I am excited as well. You know what blew me away? Um, the whole... So... I I have a very strong presence in two very specific things in nerddom, orcs and Star Wars. It seems that any news from either of those things, I wake up to about no less than five to ten DMs about this. And I woke up to two or three things of people posting the rules to this. And it was a shady, shady link, like a squarespace.com thing. Like it, it didn't seem like an official link, and I thought it was a leak, but it's actually officially out there, the whole core rules of the game, well before the game actually comes out, which is really neat. I like I like that. It, it's you're not waiting to wonder what you might be getting into if you want to pre-order. And that that's a that's a strong foot forward. Seems like they're copying games workshop at the moment. Uh, that was that was being facetious right there. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, with them announcing 10th edition and then this coming out for free. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a funny joke. <laughs> Pat myself on the back right there. I mean, on, on a note, I think the push towards free rules for most games these days is the norm now. Kind of it's like so smart. Games as a service. At least the general rules, right? Like, I mean, I could see like if I wanted to buy a specific pack, I would pay for the rules. Like it might as well oh, come absolutely. with the pack, right? Um, for sure. But I also think that like, I really like what kill team did with intercession squad. And I hope there's more of that, uh, in the future for, for multiple game systems, well, you know, how smart was that? I mean, how many new players did we get just to squad game events with intercessors? And I mean, mm-hmm. when we get new, yeah, I know. And when, when we have anybody interested, we're like, Hey, download the intercessor rules, you know, and it's a pretty small, mm-hmm. small army to start off with. It's a very, very smart idea. And, and that's where, like, the free rules just, like, because I, I would disagree with you, Dakota. I think I, I would love for everything just to be out there officially for free. And I, I, I come from Fantasy Flight Games with Legion. That experience, seeing that, like, the entire rules reference guide is out there, points updates, all that stuff is just out there. And that game thrives. I mean, they also have a very, very fortunate IP that pushes them a lot in addition to their rules, but it's, they're not exactly hurting, even though no one has to buy a rule book. Well, I would disagree with you just because 
Fantasy Flight games did sell to to uh, Asmodee, right? So like um whether Asmodee wanted to 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 gobble, gobble them up for any other reason uh rather than just the rules itself. I would love to see new rules. I just don't know if it's economically viable for all companies to do that off well, off the bat. Well, so the Asmodee thing that that weird business thing was actually um what I understand is that was the whole Fantasy Flight to AMG was an internal restructuring because Asmodee had Fantasy Flight games for a while. Oh, um, and, and they had AMG doing miniatures games and Fantasy Flight doing miniatures games and board games. So they said, this makes no sense. We have a studio that only does this and a studio that tries to do both. Let's internally restructure. And I think this happened maybe about a year or two ago to Fantasy Flight games. And even like people working on um, Legion within Fantasy Flight games, I think some of them went over to AMG to continue that work. So it wasn't so much they were struggling and sold, but it was an internal restructuring because they were under Asmodee already. Gotcha, gotcha. To, to support Emmanuel on his rules thing, since not necessarily taking sides, but just thinking about it, I'd rather I'm drawing a line in the sand here, Giacomo. Where do you stand? You'll find where I stand right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather buy miniatures than I'd buy rule sets. Mm-hmm. You know, the critical uh-huh. missions pack for Kill Team was fine, but there's alternatives online for people to use if you can't get them, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is works perfectly fine as long as you and your mm-hmm. opponent are okay with it. I mm-hmm. like digital rules. I like those parts free. Text, anything that I can type in a computer should be free. I can't type a miniature into a computer. <laughs> That's like that old 90s uh Would you download a frog? Would you download a miniature? (laughs) You pretty much can though. Oh no. (laughs) See, I almost feel I almost view like paying for specific rules as just supporting the company. Like D D. Like would I ever want free D D books because it can be put into the computer? No, absolutely not. I think that like while 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 having free rules is a luxury. And something that is good. I just don't know if it's the right case for all game systems and uh, and everything. And I would be willing to pay for certain things that I do like or companies that I do want to support. Well, so. well, there's there's two ways to do the free rules thing, though, and supporting the purchasing of the miniatures because or supporting the game because the way the way that AMG does it, and for all, for all we see right now, it seems it's going to be the same for Shatterpoint is um, the rules and everything you need to know to play the game, to play against your opponent, all that stuff, that's all available. But the unit cards, which have all the data and the stats and everything like that, and what you actually legally have to have along with your miniatures, it's con- their kind of version of WYSIWYG, mm-hmm. is the unit card that comes with the miniatures themselves. Exactly. So, yeah. so the, you are buying rules in a sense, but it's not in the same way where you buy a rule book. Because the, the, other, edge of the, the other side of the coin is... I mean, Morox out of production, right? So how do you get the rules to those two teams? Not, if not from nefarious um, sources, right? So that's the other side of the coin where like, well, shoot, now those rules just don't exist. If they were digital and they were free, then yeah, they're always there, like intercession. Yeah, absolutely. There's pros and cons of both. I would totally buy the book itself because it has a a list of quite expansive rules. And that really is the only way I could support them in, in your, in your side, Dakota, that I could support Wizards of the coast without buying miniatures. 
because they do sell miniatures if I remember. I mean, do we really want to still support Wizards of the Coast? I mean, well, I don't know. <laughs> I use them as an example, mouth. and I still play Magic the Gathering, so you know they still get my money every now and then. Or third-party stores get my money, and then the third-party stores buy from them. So it it gets there; it trickles to them at some point. I, I'm sure a lot of passionate people work on those modules. So think of it as sporting them. True. Yeah. That is true. Curse of Strahd for life. Yeah, so before <laughs> before we dive all the way in, is there any other games? I love that Star Wars is coming out with something that is uh, skirmishified, right? Uh, I think mm-hmm. that it's a great choice. Uh, you see a lot of battles, and even in the games, a lot of stuff is skirmish-based rather than big mm-hmm. battlefield-type stuff. Is there any other like genres or fantasy titles that you guys would like to see have the skirmish treatment where they come out with some great miniatures for some kind of game? I have two Lord specifically. Of the, yeah, I got, I got one. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Lord Rings of the was Rings. the one I was going to say too. Yeah, yeah. Jack, go ahead. Yeah, um, that's one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but you got all your you hobbits. That's why, Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I got all my hobbits. I mean, I love the Lord of the Rings series. And while the Lord of the Rings game can be scaled to skirmish stuff and hero combat, it's not as much as it was back in the day. They actually had like specific ways to play the game back in the day um that way but also mm-hmm. it, it was way more interesting than what's pushed out now it's kind of like oh three years later we push out a brand new rules so that we can keep the ip you know it's like like i would love for something to be pushed and something to be done and like with like maybe 32 mil models for it or something so that we could have a little bit more detail rather than the true scale that they currently have how about you Sai? what do you think um I don't know. I I can't think of any. I mean, Lord of the Rings definitely one of my fandoms, and I already play D anD D, so <laughs> I'm kind of like maxed out when it comes to like models and skirmish games. No Star think, Trek. Yeah, that's what. No, I was okay, say. no, it can't be one. Star Trek. No, and I knew you were going to bring this up because I just I'm because <laughs> he knows I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> uh, he knows I'm a Trekkie, and I just got invited to. Uh, GM uh, a role playing game for this group that's um, uh, Star Trek nerds. They have a huge podcast out there. They 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 mm-hmm. they actually what interview. What is that podcast called? Because uh, you've been called, on it quite a few oh, times. Oh, it's right? Nerd Trek. Nerd Trek. Nerd but Trek. they they are they literally get to uh, Gene. What is it? Gene Wildberry. Um, they've they've interviewed so many people who've been like cast members, and they're they're pretty big. I've known these guys forever. They're gr- great group of guys, and they asked me if I would GM the game. So I've been kind of like super obsessed with it and it's funny because uh i will intertwine and i swear i won't do it for this podcast like star trek and star wars when i was talking about it and dakota just keeps looking at me with utter disgust i'm like i've got too much <laughs> on my mind i'm sorry but they're a great group of guys super fun nerdy 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 uh podcast but um no it will not make a good scrimmage game and i don't care what you say because everybody looks exactly i mean their uniforms are exactly the same they're just different colors you're gonna have a ball picard and i mean like xenophobic of you i know but you're gonna have (laughs) you're gonna have well i'm just saying well i'm just gonna say you're gonna have a few xenos in there you're gonna have like you know Worf, and that's gonna be pretty much i mean that's not I true. Think a, I think a Star Trek one would be cool. You could have like, I don't know. what Jane, whatever her name is. You could have her whole entire ship crew. You could have like Picard's ship crew. You could have like all these people. You could Chris have the board. Yeah, yeah, but you, you have, have to Chris remember. Pine. You do have to remember <laughs> though. You know, how I, you know how I feel about Chris Pine. <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
But I mean, the Borg are a great bad guy. I mean, it might yeah. feasibly work out because the Borg would be good bad at uh, at some at uh, some point. Um, I mean, even uh, I don't know. Klingons I, were bad guys in the very beginning. I mean, I mean depending I, on I the think, era you played, I mean, it's definitely doable. But I mean, I think it's gonna have an X wing feel to it instead of it being like because I mean they're more in starships. Well, they they had an X wing game of it yeah, that died mm-hmm. miserably, yeah. and, th- and there was I, a reason I, for that. I, I really, really wanted like X wing and that game to like cross paths and like fight each other that would other. be weird that'd be awesome again that can't work out that. because it's gonna be the force you know a magic system versus like these nice. people who <laughs> oh god i hate that character so much <laughs> <laughs> oh. um so my my idea um for cool skirmish game is actually something completely not on tabletop at all okay. um video games having something like a deathmatch version of halo but played on tabletop right mm-hmm. there's I mean, plenty of different exists. factions you could does that exist have you played uh hero clicks halo i mean oh. he- that's hero, hero clicks is awful yeah. i'm putting Get that out, out of here with hero clicks <laughs> <laughs> you, you play, i would like let me rephrase like, that a successful cross there you go there <laughs> we go i own the miniatures but that game is yeah. dead yeah but and the main reason for that is um I don't feel like there's enough kind of bridging between those two kinds of gaming nerddoms. Um, I have a lot of friends who play video games that know nothing or have zero interest in tabletop wargaming. And it's usually not the other way around. A lot of us that are into tabletop wargaming, a lot of us are exposed to or at least know and enjoy video games as well. But there's, it's not a two-way street. So it'd be nice to see an IP like that that would kind of help onload folks um, into at least trying it out or at least seeing it. I feel like yeah. Destiny could work. I feel like yeah, that could work too. Yeah, could. Um, I also think that like something like an entire animation studios like anime type style. Um, DBZ. Well, <laughs> well, imagine like DBZ and like Shonen Naruto. Like who? Wh- wh- mm-hmm. you, yeah. You'd have to get a big enough studio that would want to have multiple characters miniaturized and then turn into a skirmish type game. That could also be pretty fascinating. Oh, you mean just like like different genres fighting each other like one piece and naruto just going at it yeah and you can have yeah. gundam you know but well, that's, a, that's not even on the same level as the i mean that just <laughs> all right i mean skirmish scale is small scale right but i don't want to spend seven episodes just to do a kamehameha <laughs> on tabletop that's that, that's oh. a bit much to ask. hey that's that's taking narrative to a whole new level <laughs> So I'll see you guys next week. You start every session last Goku, time on <laughs> Goku would have deep strike. He'd be Kamehameha off the battlefield and on turn four he would come in and he'd blow up your your Naruto or uh, your your one piece guy. You know what I mean? Okay, you like, don't know right? anything about Naruto. He's got a straight up seven tailed fox demon inside of him. Ooh, <laughs> you have no yeah. idea about Goku's him. Who's like, an alien? <laughs> you y'all ready for some confession time? Oh, uh, no. My only knowledge of DBZ is DBZ abridged on YouTube. I've not seen a wow. single real episode of DBZ. Oh, we, really? we have to rem- uh, we have to remedy that. Should, that's, you should, that's you should watch. So, in my mind, Goku, his main arc that I remember is suffering from a heart attack because he doesn't have his heart pills because all he does is eat. <laughs> 
I like that. Is that, is that really in DBZ? Even no. in uh, those that, happen, but not like yeah, that. No, so <laughs> I get yeah, the Goku kind of that, flustered. Look at Goku him. He's like, gets, no, gets a heart disease uh, uh-huh. that he's supposed to die from, and Future Trunks brings him pills that were made in the future that can cure that sickness and stops him from dying to save the future. Oh, and he that's ends so up making funny. a bigger problem, but. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it's because in one of the capsules, he found a muffin button and he kept hitting the muffin button and eating all the muffins and that gave him heart disease. (laughs) (laughs) If you you gave me one timeline to believe is true, I mean, I kind of like DBZ abridged more as the player. Does that surprise you? You know, that's hard to say when you haven't seen actual Dragon Ball Z. I'm just saying. You should watch it. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's good. At least for Dragon Ball, for sure. I can Dragon tell Ball you. Is essential. No, what did you say? Did you say watch Dragon Ball? I love Dragon Ball, man. Dragon so Ball is I, awful. Oh, wow. It's I, I watched wow. a bit of Dragon Ball, actually. Um, I, I started in Japanese, and then I wanted to watch it while I was painting, so I didn't want to read the subtitle, so I went back to English, and then, what's the pig's name? I can't remember off the top of my head. I have no idea. I never the, watched. The, Dra- I mean, Dragon Ball is just awful. The, gro- the gross pig, the really perverted pig. Um, I ended up rewatching an episode, and instead of using his wish for ask for women's panties, he asked for the most comfortable pair of underwear. Oh yeah, and, I remember that one. And I was just like, "What? Why? Why didn't you just dub it the right way?" And it upset me because that weirdness, that Japanese weirdness, I needed that. So I went back to. And, and I got so far as he's like going up a tower. It's kind of like an homage to the uh, Bruce Lee uh, movie, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I just bounced off of it at that point. Yeah. Well, Dragon Ball, it, the Japanese version is very hard for me to get into because Goku's voiced by a woman and the, the voice grates on my soul. So is it's it because just, uh, she's a woman? No, it's just because wow. of how annoying. <laughs> how annoying. Ash, Ash Ketchum was voiced by a woman. Yeah, Ms. I love Piggy Ash Ketchum. is voiced by a man. I'm pretty sure well, Naruto I don't like is voiced by a woman. <laughs> Goku's an alien and he, he, he belongs in the Star Wars podcast. All right. <laughs> Somewhere out there in a galaxy far, far away, there is uh, there's Goku around. and uh, he's shattering some points. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's breaking limits. Yeah. He's, he's in, in the struggle. Heart. Yeah, he's in the struggle for sure. <laughs> Oh, I don't have any other cheeky rule-based things. That's all right, Giacomo. That, all right. You don't need we, to force it. It's okay. Boo. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, well, uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of Shatterpoint, because that's what we want to talk about, I want to thank our patrons for helping us make these episodes possible. And, you know, if you're looking to support the podcast, um, feel free to sign up on patreon.com slash squad games. We have a bunch of bonuses right there for y'all. And uh, thank you guys. Also like to, to thank frontline gaming. Uh, we are a part of the frontline gaming network. Uh, if anyone would like to support us as well, you can go by going to frontline gaming and buying secondhand models uh, through our affiliate link or by going and going to FLG events and using our affiliate link. Uh, we do get a kickback. And that would also help the podcast immensely. And thank you very much. You know, it's a good thing to buy from Frontline Gaming. Uh, a three by three foot mat for uh, Shatterpoint. That's absolutely hey, there you true. Go. Yeah. yeah. I, mine just came today, actually. Ooh, which <laughs> one did you get? Uh, well, I have a full 
terrain set for like kind of Moss Eisley Tatooine stuff. Ah, um, that's enough for a six by three board for um, for Legion. And the scale's close enough that I'm probably just going to use a lot of that initially for uh, Shatterpoint. So um, got plenty of that. So I went with desert theme. Can't go wrong with deserts. I have a bunch yeah. of desert terrain myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Shatterpoint. I'm yeah. super excited. I'm very excited too. The more I read the rules, the the more I, I get into the concept of the game, like how how they probably envisioned it in their head. Yeah, are you guys ex- excited for any specific models or or uh, factions that are coming out or that have been announced, or looking forward to something possibly that's not announced in the future? They've teased so much, so um, much. Like, so it, it comes out, and they initially pitched this as like, "Oh, clones, clones war era, clone wars era," which is fine. It's fine. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. But there's also a lot of fun stuff not in the Clone Wars era. And then at Adepticon, they're just like, oh, yeah, also Galactic Civil War. So you're going to see some Darth Vader. You're going to see, um, I forget who else they, they said from that era. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and the Rebels crew from Star Wars Rebels, which is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to see Night Sisters. I think Savage. Yo, they um, look awesome. Is gonna be. Yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. And then you're going to have Mando. You're going to have a full Cad Bane bounty team. Like they're literally drawing from all the fan favorites. And and if they start going crazy and start pulling in like Kyle Katarn and that kind of stuff. Oh my God. I might lose my mind. I think, but uh, I I hope so. That'd be so cool to have more gray Jedi in this. Well, it's interesting because it's like some of the things being dropped are kind of like OG, but then they also have like the Mandalorians and like mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. I think that this is a very a smart, I, they're gorgeous though. I was looking at the models and I was like, these are mm-hmm. so nice, them yeah. and their little jetpacks, but I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great, I, I mean, the Mandalorian in general is just so popular right now, but I really feel like this game's going to be super successful just because I think it's really going to hit a uh a lot of different like fan bases and um I'm, I'm just i'm pretty i mean we're all excited for different things it sounds like but mandalorians all the way and what's really neat is um the way the team building works in the game is that you're not locked to a faction like i don't have to collect orcs only um even though everyone should um i don't have to collect this that and the other the you, you form a strike team which is two squads the squads all have to agree on what they come from. So they all have to be Galactic uh, Republic or Bounty or whatever. They all have to have the same kind of faction icon, but your squads don't have to match. So you can have two separate squads and you can mix and match like that. And if you have, if you buy like a box, like the Hello There box, which has Obi-Wan, um, you can mix and match with like Padawan Ahsoka, who comes in a different box with Obi-Wan as your primary and and mix boxes like that or just have two separate boxes that have nothing to do with each other you, the only restriction is that you can't have the same name character twice so you can't have anakin from clone wars and spoiler alert darth vader from uh, galactic civil war era <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> don't worry the, the amg will probably have a format where they say take anything you want oh i mean why not but why not right but yeah, so, in the general there, rules. Is, so can you mm-hmm. can you have like Obi Wan and Darth Maul on the same team? Yep, just separate squads. Okay, Dakota and I were talking about it. I was like, I didn't know if it had to be like you could only take characters from a certain era. Like, I didn't know how when I was reading it, I was a little confused. It would be like 
you couldn't take um, Luke and Anakin because they wouldn't have been together. I didn't know how realistic the the time frame was going to be for these characters, but it sounds like it's a free-for-all. So you can literally build fantasy teams. Here's mm-hmm. where my mind kind of rationalizes this game as I did for Legion. Think of it like a hollow board in a cantina, right? And this is just someone playing future Warhammer with whatever kind of models that represent whatever from the past and present of their kind of world, right? Mm. Um, That's not super original. I got the idea from Galaxy at War, which is the Star Wars mobile game and that's what they do that's the conceit of that i was like that's really good to rationalize why you have stormtroopers fighting like separatists that makes no sense but hey now 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 i can rationalize it but and and i don't think that this the squad building and team building is super clear in the rules i'm getting this a lot from what they talk about in their press releases and at um adepticon because we don't have clear-cut rules of this is how you build a strike team um, but it's kind of vaguely described in the rules. Um, you can have anywhere from six, I think, to eight models in your entire strike team, which is a nice size, especially given the scale, but also a three by three board. Um, but sometimes you can, so it's, it's weird. You get like a primary unit, a secondary unit and a support, but sometimes a support is two models. But anyway, it it seems like it's six to to eight models and yeah, and and your your squads seem to be tied into how strong your primary unit is. So like Darth Maul, he's the primary one of that squad and he has like a certain amount of points for what his squad can be. But then he also has a certain amount of points of how many force points you can have for which is like the equivalent of CP for this game. But uh, I'm just getting way ahead of myself. I want to talk about this, and I've wanted to talk about this for months. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. I think it's an, a unique design, and they're going the route that Marvel Prices Protocol had, where it's there's villains and heroes, but really, you can mix match anything in a team. And they're sort mm-hmm. of doing this, but still keeping the cohesiveness of, I don't think you, uh, Anakin Skywalker would have battle droids in his squad, maybe on the mm-hmm. squad adjacent over there, because you own mm-hmm. the minis, and that's fine. So... Mm-hmm. I thought they were just going to go with like, you can pick from any faction. So like if I only had, let's say rebels, I would have all rebels on both my teams, but then I could mix and match between them. But mm-hmm. having two different like rebels and then empire is an interesting choice and goes that hero villain route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm slightly disappointed because I, 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 as much as I like the, the being able to mix and match everything i do like specific sides you know uh mm-hmm. there's the reason why there's a light side the dark side and then if there's like a neutral faction you know that can go between either one that would be cool yeah um, mm-hmm. i also can see the reason why they do this is because it's a lot easier to balance the game right um so like yeah, if something's right. overpowered and everyone's taking it in a competitive meta then mm-hmm. uh i think we talked about this before Emmanuel. that it's it's a lot easier to just uh, nerf that one character or nerf that one squad and the reason why it's being taken. So mm-hmm. I could see this being taken, you know, more for a game balance balance issue than, than mm-hmm. anything else. So I am okay with it. Yeah. Ease of collecting too. Um, yeah, true. Y- you can, you don't have to collect a bunch of models that you're uninterested in just to have a legal team. So it, it's, it's nice in that respect. Um, so 
let's say everything is released. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are your, what are your, your two main characters that you guys are going to main? From the initial wave or everything that comes out? Everything it's that comes out. the initial wave. Out. Oh, you want to do all of Okay. Okay. That's initial wave seems easier to me because that's that's super daunting that's what we know is coming right now because <laughs> i literally was googling like what is all coming out <laughs> yeah. from the initial wave i know what i want to do um and we've seen a lot of how these models work but even before i saw the rules i really liked the idea of clone era darth maul with ahsoka tano as my two primary units so they each mm. have their own squad and taking all the Mandalorians. So you have the Death Watch with um, you have the Death Watch with uh, Darth Maul, and then you have the Night Owls with um, Ahsoka Tano. Um, I'm just a sucker for Mandalorian armor, but then I saw all the rules and saw how cool that synergy is. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, this is gonna work. <laughs> and it, it's funny because they're actually in the core box. They're not designated as like you would take these two together and these two. It's really supposed to be, I think, Asajj with. Uh, with um darth maul and um oh, i can't even remember who comes with i think it's one of the uh, clones uh you get, uh, as a you get rex rex yeah you get rex with uh ahsoka but yeah mixing that up a little bit yeah that's a, a they'll play for something like that that'd be fun i would yeah, do I, uh, you want to go first go go g go all right i would do general gravis because i love gravis Back to when I played Star Wars, the miniatures game. That's the first model mm. I had gotten. I love me the droid with many hands who has no real force powers and a grudge <laughs> of the force. I don't like the way these battle droids look, he's, but I'm, I'm, I'll play with them because I think they're pretty awesome and I just like droids. He's the Lord Guru, Goro of, uh, of Star Wars. <laughs> it's a Mortal Kombat and, reference. <laughs> uh, and then I, I would like to take the... Um, the night sisters i think they're just cool i'm Mm -hmm. I'm getting their names wrong right now um the 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 sisters right yeah the the six sisters sisters is right eh? it's right okay yeah yeah i i loved them once i played fallen order and you you have to like fight some of them and i thought oh man these guys Mm -hmm. are awesome yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i would choose how about you dakota um i have like two so the first one and then my main one would be give me darth darth vader Mm-hmm. And then give me Kylo Ren on the same team. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. And you know that yes. that should be possible in this game. Where in Legion, but there's but here's the uh, thing: Dakota also plays differently. He plays like when he plays, he plays for like for the fun of the game or for the storyline. What? I mean, like we don't play yeah. games for fun here. But I mean, like I've I've you've seen his kill teams, like they're they're ridiculous. So I mean, like <laughs> you know, and I mean he does well, but I think it's always because he plays with his heart. So I can tell him like he, right now he's just like yeah father and son duo let's do this <laughs> well they're not father and son this is grand grandpa but oh yeah it yeah. is his grandpa my I bet you watched Star Trek. There, grandpa, there a, look what i did there was a, I, dead, I, a dead dad in there somewhere yeah. <laughs> well, spoilers <laughs> oh sorry spoiler <laughs> i just want a bunch of red lightsabers and 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 anger energy i want to unleash yeah. the, the, the anger all right my the good side would be uh, Obi Wan, probably this Obi Wan. I really like the way he looks, mm-hmm. and Mando on the same team. Mm-hmm. The, the, this, the the minions are are less important to me than than mm-hmm. the heroes. Mm-hmm. You, okay, we care about the primaries. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. I only care about the primaries, no secondaries. 
<laughs> he, he forfeits six of his minions. This is one of the games that really provides the option to have all these wacky combinations, but also justify mm-hmm. them. Like, if we look at Legion, when are you really going to have First Order and have more stuff for First Order? Because what, they have the First Order troopers? Mm-hmm. And like, what else can Has you think Legion of? even came out with, with, with no. it yet? No, no so I have a theory the, behind the, that. I think they're I think they're retconning all of those movies, and Disney's like, "Don't make minis yet. We have other ideas." Probably uh, that's my. But theory. this is where you could put like the cast from those movies and just the cast members, and not really think about anything else, or at least not too much. Yeah, I like Ray. I'm down. Yeah, like you could but, make but you I could mean, make that a whole team, or even like Rogue One. Put a Cassian Andor yeah. K two S O. I could Rogue like that, that. Yeah. right? And you could yeah. do that with something like this, and you could take them with. Oh no, I forgot about the best thing. Whatever team is the one that has uh, bartender R two D two with it, mm. they have like the whole bartender R two D two. Yes, he's got like a drink card on his back, yeah. and then you have like the the That's Jedi a, Knight Luke Skywalker, um, mm-hmm. and I think you have uh, Leia in her fake bounty outfit, like when she comes in to rescue um, Han. Um, and I also think you have Lando in his fake uh, fake outfit as well, but it's got bartender R2. Okay, hands down, that's the team I'm playing right now. <laughs> hands down. Don't ask me. For originally, I was like, oh, I think Obi-Wan Kenobi, maybe the Mandalorians. Yeah, nope, that's it. Han Solo team would be really cool. You could bring mm-hmm. like Han Solo, Chewie. Chewbacca, you could have mm-hmm. R2 and, and C-3PO, though I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he would just run around. What she carries. Do nothing? <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I you didn't recognize him because of his power arm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I expect those sets to come with like just regular rebel troopers, probably because yeah. you know yeah, right. generals and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the rules and how exciting those are too? Because the minis yeah, themselves are all fantastic, but it's hard to argue against Star Wars cool toys, right? Yeah. Um, they- but the game itself plays in such a unique way. Um, not something that I'm used to for, for, um, for a tabletop game, because the first thing, the first thing that blew my mind when I was thinking, when I was digesting these rules and for anyone who's read through the rules, I bounced off it twice before they clicked. Um, I had to get about two, three pages in several times before I started to kind of see how things are. And on, on the Strategic Advantage blog, I'm actually putting together an article to try and help folks understand this, especially folks coming from something like Kill Team, because there is a ton of parallels here. But one thing that was so different is what a turn means in this game. In this game, you're basically trying to win a tug-of-war match, and you gain or lose footing on that tug-of-war match per turn. But a turn isn't, I go with all my guys, you go with all your guys. Each activation is considered a turn, which is so different from what I'm used to. So I, I, I activate a model, and we can talk about how that all works. I activate a model. They do their two actions. And then when that turns over, you check objectives, who has more, and that changes the momentum tracker. Um, that's so cool because then each activation accomplishes something. You're not saying, okay, well, I... I'm going to move this guy out here and hopefully they survive or hopefully you don't run in before the end of the, in the end of the turning point and take this objective away from me. 
each activation can accomplish something towards that end goal of winning that tug of war battle. I think that's really neat. Yeah. Sai was talking to me in the kitchen uh, about this and she actually coined the term. You want to say what that was, babe? Uh, my mind is blanking. What did I say? <laughs> about, about she says the, so many brilliant things, Dakota. It's hard to keep track. Don't put her on the spot. True, like it's true. It's <laughs> true. About going back and forth, and like you, we were talking about specifically. Oh, let's say, oh, are you talking about when I was? Uh, nope, don't remember. Sorry. Okay, so <laughs> she was she was specifically saying that like when you're playing in a battle, and let's say you've killed like everything, and you just have like Darth Maul left, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the final stand. I know I remember I was talking about like I was okay. what was interesting about uh, I would say I was like what's interesting about this game is how um every model really does something incredible and they all get a turn to do it, even if it's like really hard to like like just one shot kill something in it, is is mm-hmm. from what I my understanding is. But even if your team gets down to like one model, um and let's say it's like me versus Emmanuel and he has three models left. If he shoots me, I shoot back. He then gets to shoot me with his next model and I still get to shoot back. Like I still get, mm-hmm. you still get those turns over and over and over mm-hmm. because it's always affecting the push pull of the game. So no matter what, the game's not over. And I really like that because it's not, it's not like you're going to table somebody. Like you still have the opportunity to push forward and continue until you're dead. But like, uh, I was like, it's the, the final stand. It's just like one dude standing there. Just, I dig that. Yeah. That, that's what I was calling. I was like, you can just like, like one, sh- like final stand just with one dude's whole game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also super cool because um, it gives a, it gives each player something to do at all times. There's never that. Okay. Well, I'm done. You, you do all the rest that you're going to do for the rest of the turning point. Um, but then also, if you're down on models, every time you go through your activations and you reshuffle your order deck, you refresh your Will of the Force points, so you get which are essentially your CP. So then you keep refreshing your CP. So you're going to get, you're going to do cool stuff more often if you're behind. So it kind of acts like a little bit of a rubber band, which I thought was super cool. I love that, but, but do you, can you explain a little bit more about the struggle tracker? I, Oh yeah. Because that was um, the one part on it where I was like, I'm not quite sure. Cause it seems like it's a really important part of the game, but I'm not sure quite how it works. Yeah. So, um, the way I understand it is that the, um, the struggle tracker is almost like a tug of war battle. Um, the game is played in a best of three kind of scoring system where you're not scoring victory points for the objectives that you control or anything like that, but you start the game. Each player has their own kind of um, mission deck, kind of like how Legion does it. Um, And the player who is essentially gets initiative chooses which deck they use yours or theirs. Um, And then they get the mission, which tells you which objectives are where on the map and if any objectives are priority, so you get more points for being on them. And then you also release, uh, you open up the struggle. And the struggle is in three phases. And when you win a struggle, you get that card. And the first person to win two struggles wins. Now, the struggle is that tug of war thing, which the struggle tracker is that you're talking about, um, um, Zaya. So the, the players start at opposite ends. And they're eight spaces away from the middle. 
and the middle will move towards one player or the other depending on um, objective control. So if I have more objectives than you, the struggle, the middle pip will move closer to me. But after every turn, each player can potentially move closer to the middle as well. That's called gaining momentum. So if someone ends a turn and both players are equal on objectives, they both move one point closer. If I end a turn and I wound one of your models, I move closer and you don't. So it's got this baked in timer to get you towards the middle and you can get there faster or you can get there just by the time running out essentially. And when you win a struggle, you take that card. So that, that signifies that you've won one out of three and then you flip over the next struggle card and the person who lost chooses which option out of the two on that card becomes active and the struggles change which objectives are active and inactive. So the person who's behind then gets to choose, okay, well, I have better board control over here, so I'm going to choose option B because option A would favor you with the current board state. And then you struggle tracker resets and then you race towards the middle or race towards the, the struggle tracker point. See, I love that because, again, that goes with the the like the last stand guy. Mm-hmm. It's like even if you're the one who's behind, you. I think it's giving you more options to try to like dig your way forward. So you you know you never know who's going to win the game till the end of the game. That's mm-hmm. the sense I'm getting. But I I don't know. To me, it sounds very um, interesting. I've never played a game that kind of just keeps you on your toes all the way through. Because it's like mm-hmm. in Kill Team. I mean, you have pretty close games, but. Usually, you kind of can tell who's going to win, uh, especially army versus army. But now I feel like it's a whole new kind of situation here, especially with being able to, um, uh, with everything that's stacked for people who are falling behind. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Built in two out of three in the game. Best two out of three in the game. Mm-hmm. So right. I want to talk about the rule that I'm most excited about in this game. Um and that would be the terrain rules. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so the terrain rules of Shatterpoint, I'll sum it up, is essentially make something visually interesting and play on it, as long as it has like both types of terrain and has multiple levels. So mm-hmm. um, right when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this 3D print of this Millennium Falcon, and I'm going to make a hanger that has a Millennium Falcon in it that you can fight over and on top of and around. So uh, very excited, to say the least, uh, about being able to take the rule of cool and really put it into effect with with this game for making events and running events and stuff. Um, it should be really cool for a lot of organizers to do as well. Hopefully people don't stick to just the uh, the the starting terrain that comes out with the game. Hopefully people also branch out because there's a lot of good 3d printers out there who make a lot of really good stuff for star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then typically buying a 3d print isn't terribly expensive. Mm -hmm. So people can also do that. Like on Etsy, they can go to like makers and people can make stuff for them too, like a full Tatooine board set, stuff like that. So um, it's pretty exciting. And all of those files were already created for Legion and they could just be scaled appropriately and work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole massive trove of resources is- out there that will be immediately with a click of a mouse turned on for, for Shatterpoint, which is super cool. 
And this is 32 mil size, right? I think so. That's what I understand. Yep. Yeah. So not too much larger than what it was for Legion, which is 28. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 20, they were... Um, I think 28. They were a little bit bigger, right? Because 28 is Warhammer, and they are slightly taller than Warhammer. Mm. Regardless, Warhammer we, Warhammer is... I'm pretty yeah. sure Warhammer's 32 now. They've been upping everything to uh, 28 mil base size and stuff. Yeah. Um, the the thing that makes that terrain really work, though, is how simple and mobile the movement rules are. I literally um, was just going to say that. I wrote my note. Yeah. The only reason why this is possible is because the movement is so cool. Because they're so generous with how you can move around and how quickly you can navigate. Um, there's no fallback. You're just limited in how far you can move away from being in engagement range. Engagement range is a lot bigger than just touching bases or one inch. I think it's range two, which I think mm-hmm. is two yep. inches. You also can well, fall, right? Without taking damage, right? Yes, that, you could okay. drop jump. for however far. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> and you can climb however far with a climb. It makes um, sense. They're not on Earth. You know, they could be no. on like the moon. And then there's rules for ladders that let you put ladders into your map to make certain parts easier to access. But Mm -hmm. also, the line of sight rules makes designing a map just so much easier because like, it it would take me like 15 minutes to an experienced wargamer to explain line of sight for Kill Team. It's so hard. And and then you still wouldn't understand. (laughs) It works, but there's a lot of caveats to it right and that's that's what as teaching this game as much as i had with kill team 2 um i learned that the challenging part of line of sight is not the rules it's all the but actuallys right (laughs) um with with um with shatterpoint it seems like it's complicated as they explain it but i think they have very legalese kind of writing i'm going to distill it down and make it super simple if i want to shoot a target as long as nothing is taller than both of us that physically blocks line of sight, like blocking terrain, then I can shoot you as long as you're within range, right? So if they're up on a vantage point and I'm lower down, but there's nothing taller than them or vice versa, I'm on a vantage point and they're lower down, but there's nothing taller than me, we can shoot each other. And likewise, cover is super simple as well. So that's literally all of line of sight for this game. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's all measured horizontally. So range is not on angles. So you're not sitting there trying to figure out, Oh, well at this angle, I'm bumping into terrain. Are you really within range? It's all horizontal. So the extra height doesn't really give you much unless there's an objective up there, because that gives you kind of like an obsec for if you're on the same level of an objective, you have priority to control it. It's, it's super cool to make a dynamic map and not be so stressed out of the terrain rules and what kind of overpowered situation a certain terrain feature might give to the flow of a game, you know? And I, I could be, I could be wrong. I think I read this, uh, but uh, I crammed like 46 pages <laughs> in very quickly, but um, uh, you can ch- also as like two players choose what counts as cover if you want cover or not cover. Mm-hmm. Is that is that something that was mentioned? Uh, they they have something in there just saying it's like yeah, just decide on the rules, decide what you can see through and what you can't see through, see, and just come to an agreement. I like that because it brings in like the sportsmanship of having a good time and sitting down and just being mm-hmm. like, oh, do you want to play really hard or do you want to like have a good time and play 
you know, more of like what our characters would want to do. And I think that opens the game up also to a lot more people and how their play styles might um, come into play when, they, when they're sitting down to play. Because, you know, sometimes when you play kill team, you're going to have players who are very much um, a little more aggressive and people who are a little more there to have a, a, a fun time. Mm-hmm. Not saying both can't be fun. Um, one thing I do want to mention about the terrain, though, do you think there should be a general guideline on how many pieces of terrain should be on the table? Not necessarily how it's built, but just sort of an amount. So that way, when you're playing, there isn't no cover. So your range guys just dominate the field. Um, well, go, Emmanuel, we, we talked about this. Um, specifically, this game doesn't worry about terrain as much as kill team because there are there are limited ranges like Mm -hmm. you can only shoot so far right so you Mm -hmm. can't just have a gun line like you can in kill team and just kill everything if there's no terrain right like Mm -hmm. people have to move forward and you have to kind of interact there's no towel in this game so like (laughs) because they 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 forced those there's no so far there's nothing that has nothing that like no interaction, right? Like Tau, the reason why people hate people who play Tau is because they're really good at not interacting and killing everything. Mm. And, and in this game, that is, there's no faction yet. Um, from, that, from what we've seen. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That, that has that sort of thing. So for your question of like, is there a specific terrain? It's going to be difficult to know whether we should have some kind of like standardized layout or anything for specific types of terrain um, without actually playing and knowing the game and seeing how tournaments run. Like, you know, I think that it's going to be like something that's going to need to, to be played just to see it's like, Oh yeah, you could just put anything down and anything works. Or it's like, Oh, you know, actually Tatooine buildings, those round buildings on top, those are actually bad for the game because you can't actually put any models on top of them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we'll only know by playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it would be nice to have some sort of standardization at some points mm-hmm. um, just because that, that will help competitive um, mm-hmm. if everyone's using the same kind of like things. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think that only time and play t- playing will tell. Uh, and, and I, in the end, I, I think it's it'll end up being density rather than layouts. Um, yeah. And the reason why I say that is that the terrain doesn't dictate too much about the interactions, right? The, the only thing that the, the terrain does two things can potentially slow you down um, and can potentially block line of sight to certain parts just mm-hmm. based on being physically there. That's it. Um, there's no vantage points. There's no obscurity, um, cover only adds or subtract, uh, only adds defense dice. So it doesn't change too much about the interaction other than the fact that, um, other than the fact that, um, you might survive a little bit of damage. And even if you don't have cover, you can hunker down, um, as an ability, uh, as one of your active actions during your activation, which will act as if you have it in cover. So th- there's, the the game is kind of two dimensional, um, with the terrain just kind of being suggestively in the way, but re- really not um, a major factor. You don't have vantage points, right? You don't have fortify on a vantage point to, to stress out about. So I don't think um, terrain will matter 
as much, but this is all speculation, right? Um, there's no way to know as Dakota was saying until we actually get the models on the board. All right. I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on it. Cause sure. what do you think Giacomo? Marvel, yeah. Marvel did this eventually. They, they eventually figured out you should probably have this many pieces. How you set it up is up to you, but this many pieces is a general, a generally a good rule for it. Cause it puts, I think that will, well and yeah, I think that will come in time. Mm-hmm. Especially if this game is played in any sort of competitive way, that mm-hmm. prob something will happen. But when that would happen, I'm not sure. I have a hunch. What's your um, hunch? So the core box comes with some terrain, but then they sell additional terrain on the side. Oh yeah, I su- suspect that the core box plus buying the additional side terrain is going to be what they expect games to have as far as density. That's my suspicion. Um, but I, I agree. I, I think what Marvel Marvel Crisis Protocol came up with eventually in the competitive scene is exactly what I was getting at, right? Just density, but um, not so much what goes where. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I think that's a good yeah. move. Yeah. Now, you guys want to move to combat? Sure. Uh, let's talk about activations first, because I think okay. this is okay. one thing, especially that Kill Team players are going to see and just say, nope, not for me. On first glance, um, it seems like it's random activation, but it kind of isn't. So each unit you have comes with their combat card, but also their activation card. And you shuffle in in a deck your six cards because you, you primary, secondary and support units. Even if there's two folks in your support unit, like you have two Mandalorians in one unit, um, they still activate together, kind of like GA2. So mm-hmm. your deck, your activation deck will be six cards plus a wild card. Wild card can be anyone. Um, this the means that, card. yeah, the shadow point card, yeah. Which means, from what I understand, is that you can activate one unit twice before you reshuffle. And that double activation can come whenever that Shatterpoint card comes up. As you pull cards, you could spend one of your CP, I'm using the kill team term, one of your force tokens, Will of the Force, to actually put that card in reserve. So if you have a key move that you do not want to make until it's perfect, um, you can reserve them and then activate them when it's your turn at will. And then you can keep putting more into reserve as long as you still have the Will of the Force. Can you but, can you put your shadow point card in reserve? No, that one you have mm, to activate. Okay. Um, uh, the other cool thing about it is the models interact with each other on other models. Uh, that, that's a terrible sentence, Emmanuel. Um, <laughs> a model's activation can also influence and change other models on the board. So there's pushing and shoving and pulling with the force and with whip launchers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you can also, like, I think the Bo-Katan secondary character, um, she can have other Mandalorians make a free jump, I think. Yes, that's um, correct. When she activates, and that's beneficial not only for, you know, objective control, because at the end of that turn, right, at when you're done activating Bo-Katan, then objectives will change. So these two GA2 models on opposite sides of the board can help you gain a ton of uh, gain momentum as well as gaining um, 
gaining, um, gaining, uh, moving the struggle towards you while Bo-Katan is also shooting someone, right? So there's a lot that you can do, even though it's just Bo-Katan that you're activating. Um, and then they also synergize with each other. So instead, those two can move to be close enough to Bo-Katan to give her a buff when she makes her attack. Um, so even though you have to go with the model that you choose, kind of, um, you have more control than, than on paper. And there's only six models to go, six activations to go before you reshuffle anything anyway. So there's not, there's not that much randomness. And what's beautiful about it is that it's going to keep the pace of the game going. You're never going to sit there and perseverate over one activation because you don't want to go, right? You either pull the card or spend a CP and then pull the next card and then you just got to do something, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure what perseverate means, but I will. I will just sit and ponder that. and worry about what to do or what to decide. Okay. Okay, this uh, is a really weird observation, but have you ever played Gloomhaven? No, no, I want no, to. I wanted to though. Okay, so this. <gasps> this did we really... just did you just find a Gloomhaven group? <laughs> we haven't. We haven't. Put, <laughs> oh but, my uh, god. <laughs> okay, so I mean, do it, this is going to be okay? Uh, but this really does feel like to me a mixture of Gloomhaven and Kill Team, and I only say that because Gloomhaven has the card. Like you kind of have a character you're controlling, you get to make the decisions, but you're also shuffling through cards that give you the opportunities to do like the things that are particular yeah, for that character you get, you get 10 cards and there's two abilities on each card you don't get 10 it depends on what your character has like not all characters yeah. get 10 cards but and then and then you're like you're like okay i'm gonna use the top ability from this one and the bottom ability from this one and then those go in your discard pile and then you have eight cards and then once you've used all your cards you flip them back over but so um, you have to strategically think through how you're going to use like the cards and that, that makes me feel like when you put something in reserve like you're going to use that you know, if you can line up your, your people in a certain way. And I was like, it really mm -hmm. does feel like a good blend of that. And I, I don't know, I'm all for it. Like, I think this mm -hmm. is going to be a very interesting game. I'm excited for something different. Like uh -huh. we've always had the pure control over what you have. And while this adds a little bit of RNG, which is people say is bad for competitive, um, I really don't care what a lot of people say about that because I love the rule of cool, you know, like, and I get, I get, I get teased enough for always wanting to do so much rule of cool and kill team. Um, I think that this is really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the fact that, you know, Darth Maul doesn't get to activate at the beginning of every single turn, right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, or act whatever activation. Um, but then the counter to that is if Darth Maul is so important that you need to use his super speed because he can do like an insane move and then force pull someone and then just like stab him in the neck. Um, Hell yeah. If, if you need to do that, but you need someone to get to a certain range band for you to pull that off, when you yank his card, he's the one you use the will of the force on to put in reserve. So that way he's constantly a threat and then has that whole board that board control over like mm -hmm. your opponent knows how far you can go. You know how far you can go. And now they know you could do it in response the moment they dip their toe in that area. So it's, it, it has that control, but it also has that, that tiny injection of chaos. And I guess this excites me a lot, even from a competitive standpoint, because I, I'm one of those players who doesn't do a ton of tourney prep. Um, 
I, I find my, my expertise comes in reacting to the board state as it's presented to me mm-hmm. and dealing with the exact problem, not planning every single move and playing like pre-planning my whole, my whole first two turning points. Right. Um, and this really leans into that skill set of being able to play reactive to exactly what you're dealing with. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of being a DM. Um, yeah, it, you you really to be a really good DM, you have to be really good at improv and improv improvisation, and and not worrying about what what your plans are for the night. Because what if your players want to drink in the tavern and then you know do something else that you didn't have planned for. They want to go talk to the horse outside and then the horse sends them on an interesting quest. Right. So like it's something like that you're not planned for. Like you have to be ready to do anything Mm -hmm. in this game at any point in time, which is fascinating. And it it, it rubs a different side of me that I like. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. That makes for a very unique gameplay. And I think it's fun. Um, And yeah, yeah. I mean, Legion doesn't do that. Yeah, and the fact that none of your guys can get one shot is also very nice. Well, I mean, you can you can be one shot, but you, you still has get to cards. do something. You know what I mean? You still get to like, you get to have your moment before you go down. Yeah, um, Legion does have um, random Order activation, taking, but not on where the I can surface. reserve unless I'm but, playing like separatists, because then I could be like, all my droids get their activation token. Now. Correct, correct. And then that's yeah. like, oh, okay. When that first came but, out, I was <laughs> I thought this team was going to dominate. But then you could also they? you you they did no, pretty damn they, they were doing pretty yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> right now it's all about uh, the the meta is a little bit of a mess because of one really overpowered box that didn't get a nerf in the most recent bounce. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, the other the last thing to say about the seemingly random activation order is that it doesn't matter as much how you're activating the order you're activating since points essentially get scored that struggle still is impacted with each activation so it's not like you need everything to be orchestrated until the end of the turn it's just okay how do i move the struggle towards me with this unit right now and that's that's a question you're asking yourself so the randomness is less important because you have to take it away from the kill team win con right you're not you're not winning a game in the same way with this game you gotta play the mission it's it's also Mm -hmm. pretty fascinating because like in kill team, there's so much it's, it's like light 40 K 40 night, 40 K ninth edition on light mode where there is a lot to remember about, you know, opposing teams and their special actions and stuff in this game. There's what 29 symbols to remember, to remember, right? Like you have all of your icons plus the dice faces. And as long as you can remember what those do, you can just be like, Hey, can I see what, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi does because no one plays him because he's awful. And so you you look at him and you're like, okay, well that makes sense. You know what I mean? So whether or not like how it, this game should be easy enough to just pick up a card and just mm-hmm. see exactly what everything does rather than having to carry around four or five books. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good point. Easy to. The one thing, the one thing we, yeah, the one thing we don't know is how many of the faces are on each one because looking, they put it on the dice. Yep. They have, they have the whole dice thing. I think there are on the attack dice. Not, I think I have it written down because I'm an obsessive like that. Oh, I see Um, it there. It's a D8, huh? Yeah. One and eight to crit, three and eight to hit, 
two and eight for expertise and two and eight for miss. I guess we should talk about combat if we're going to talk yeah. about rolling dice. Absolutely. Um, most, most fun part of most players' games, you know, this right. combat. Throwing the dice and talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing ourselves talk. <laughs> the combat is what initially bounced me off because I looked at the combat card, saw what looked like a specialization tree from an RPG and said, nope, yep. I do not have the patience for this right now. But it's actually super straightforward. Um, everyone is looking for the same results on the dice. That's what's really nice. Um, everyone crits at the same chance, hits at the same chance, expertise at the same chance, right? But where the difference comes for if someone's good at melee or good at shooting is what happens with the number of expertise dice they get. There's like a little table there that says, okay, if you're attacking and you roll one expertise, this effect happens. If you roll two expertise, this effect happens. And they can get pretty daunting with those symbols, but they're actually pretty straightforward. Like add an extra crit, add two hits, change a hit to a crit, um, change one of your opponent's dice, like all this kind of stuff with your expertise. And the same for defense where it's uh, two to six to block, two to six to expertise, two to six to fail. Everyone's expecting the same results, but it's what happens with their expertise that dictates what the final dice pool is. So fascinating. Yeah, so you you basically each form your dice pool. If you focus, which is kind of like um, you'd spend an action to ready your attack, you get an extra attack dice. And if you have cover or you have, you've hunkered down or both, you get an extra defense dice for each level of cover that you take in, whether it's cover from terrain or to cover from the action take cover. Looking, and, at, the, looking at the card, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like the triangle is mm-hmm. the attack and the blue is the defense. So Correct. like... Jar Kai would get seven melee attack dice while mm-hmm. when she was being attacked, she'd get five dice in melee. To, in melee. Okay. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you look at the nacho on the top and that tells you your attack. You mean the die. pizza? The, the nacho. Yeah. <laughs> so, like uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's a nacho. Guys, you're wrong. It's a quesadilla. But I digress. The, um, you, you both roll your die at the same time. And then there's a very, there's a prescribed sequence of attacker modifies their attack dice. Defender modifies the attacker's dice based on expertise. And then you go to the defense. The attacker modifies the defense dice based on their expertise. And then defender modifies. And then you just compare results. And then you just see, okay, how many successes are left? And depending on how many successes are left, you just march down that combat tree. So you're not unlocking things. You're not leveling up. It's not complicated like that. You start on the far left and you do damage or you apply a condition and then you choose which branch of the tree you want to go to. So is applying conditions more important or is pumping out damage more important or is shoving the opponent to get them off an objective so that way you score at the end of this. Is that more important? That kind of stuff. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, consideration to give what you're going to accomplish with that attack tree and even more complex than that is that the primary characters have different stances so you can flip that card over to have like what seems like an uh, a defensive stance or an aggressive stance or a damage dealing stance versus a status affecting stance and when you start your activation you flip that and you make that decision largely based on either which combat tree you want to go down 
Um, or if you're worried you're going to be taking a lot of damage and you want to flip to a defensive stance so that way you're a little bit more protected. Maybe the expertise favors defense more or something like that. I don't know. But um, it, it it's super straightforward once you take a minute to understand that the cards just have a lot of icons on it, but they're helpful. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be so scary. It's like I tell a lot of folks when they asked how to pronounce my last name, I said, oh, it's easy. Just the vowels throw you off. And that, that's what these cards are like. There's too many vowels or too many icons where it just becomes intimidating until you learn the language. Gotcha. Yeah. This is completely unrelated. But it, when we were talking about pizzas and nachos, I was like, oh, I'm going to start an argument with squares. What square food could we find because of the square thing? And I found square watermelons. And I don't know oh, how yeah. to feel about those them. Are Jap- those are Japanese. They grow them in a box. Yep, yeah. and it forms into a square. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, sorry about that. <laughs> I've, I've never seen square watermelons before. Um, now, does it have to be a cube or just a square? I have no idea because there's like, I mean, I'm. if you type in square foods on Google, you find a lot of very interesting things like square we apples. Could say like, we could say like cheese it and that would technically be a square. Done. Or you could say brownies. brownies. Brownies, brownies. You could also say pizza. No. You could say lasagna. Mm. Well, if we're going to go for the ball, if we're going to go for the ballpark theme, what's square at a ballpark? Pizza. No, you could have a square What is wrong with you? Like, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's his I eyes. Don't hate him for it's his eyes. It's his eyes. <laughs> I know we are. We're both uh, competing Starbursts. for Starbursts. That's not a typical ballpark food, Dakota. Like, mm-hmm. that's you get at the vending machine, probably. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. You could also get brownies at the vending machine or Rice Krispies. I was going to say that we're, we're competing in the, the, the terrain contest for April. All three of us are. Oh, and nice. Well, all four of us are, but we're actually also all have. We're just us, gonna, including we're, you, Emmanuel, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. But, yeah. But squad games, we just started competing against each other as well, just because we're malicious people. Nice. And uh, because Dakota and I live together because we're married. Um I decided to paint a lot of my terrain red just because I know he couldn't see it. So he couldn't comment on any <laughs> when he came into the room. And I was like, you have to. You haven't even just... started. It's still primed. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he keeps coming in, in he, and he'll make comments. I'm like, you don't even know what you're looking at. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, what were we talking about? We, oh, the combat, combat stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the combat trees. Yeah. So it, it that it, it was the combat mechanic and the trees and the activation order that I saw most people bounce off of, and I did as well, but they're actually so great in this game. And and you throw a ton of dice. I mean, you could throw eight dice for some of these melee attacks. That feels real good. Everyone yeah. loves throwing a, a level 12 fireball spell, right? So um, I, have, I have a question regarding you know. the chart. When you start, mm-hmm. this is where I'm getting a little confused. You sure. start from the on the very left, yep. and then do you every time you attack you move to the next one or how does so that? So each each success. So say I we both roll dice, we both resolve our expertise according to the flow, and the, in the end I have five successes. You have two blocks, so uh-huh. I have three successes that go through right because the okay. blocks will cancel them out. So then I start on the left and I choose one, two, moving over to the right. Three over to the right, choosing a branching path. And then Mm -hmm. that's the end. 
Um, the next attack sequence that goes that that character would do again starts at the um, the far left. So you don't continue down the path. Awesome, awesome. Because I was wondering mm-hmm. that the whole time was thinking, am I adding damage here? Like, how's this? Mm-hmm. So now, now this makes more sense. So now this actually fits to the way they describe their combat, which is like this fluidity where like mm-hmm. you'd hit, move, and then jump over somebody. Now mm-hmm. this makes so much more sense. Absolutely, everything and just each- clicked. And when you um, choose a you damage, you just completely assignment. confused me, Giacomo. I, <laughs> I thought I had it. Me, nope. It fell for him. <laughs> yeah. And each time you um, you de- you choose something that says deal damage, it's not necessarily just one damage. Um, it's sometimes three damage. It's sometimes damage and a status or a shove or something like that. It's um, it, it's really interesting the path that you can take depending on how many wounds your opponent has, because you can't overkill someone. You can't right. outright kill someone in, with one activation. Yeah. You um, just take all their stanimo away. Correct. You, and then, you, then you next essentially, turn, yeah, exactly. You become wounded. You mm-hmm. flip them. If this was Marvel crisis protocol. <laughs> yes. You'd flip them to their wounded side, but instead you get the token, your injured token, mm-hmm. which is, it has a lot of parallels to Marvel. I just think a lot of that when I was looking at this game. Similar yeah. rules, but it plays differently overall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what I love. How do, you, how do you know when something is actually just defeated in the game? Because it, we can't one-shot things, right? Like, So how do we know when something is actually fully defeated? Um, when, you ha- card- when you hit... Uh-huh. So the card has two kind of health points. Um, they have... Their wounds and their stamina, I believe is what it's called. Their, um, their um, stamina and wounds, yeah. Yeah. And you deal damage, which knocks away their wounds. Um, and if they're wounded, they don't control... It, it, and... Sorry. Um... You're very, you're very close because there's wounded and injured. So yeah. you have an amount of stamina. Once you've hit that stamina, you're wounded. When you're there wounded, you, you can't control objectives. But then when the start happens of the, the activation of that wounded character, it turns into an injured token. So now mm-hmm. you can score again, but you're injured. And once you've uh, exceeded the amount of wounded tokens, sorry, injured tokens you're allowed to have, that character is now removed from the game. Yes. Yes. Copy that. So if you have... Um, if you have two for the injured, then in essentially two activations, that model can be killed if they just get a swarm of uh, damage. But models can heal. Other models can heal other models. Um, there's there's more durability than just like getting one shot from a plasma from across the board kind of thing, you know? (laughs) So, um, the, the models do stick around and for example, the whole, if they're wounded, they no longer can control objectives. This means that you can super commit to an attack with, with a model to like rush in, fight them with melee. If you can get them to wounded, because then that will also give you control over that objective, but then they can then activate and then fight you back and take control back by wounding you. So, um, yeah, there, there, there's tier. It's almost like how Gaz can only take so many wounds per phase. 
Um, and I think he's not the only example, but he's the best example that I know because he's the only orc that does it. Um, so it, it, it's similar to that. Like you hit similar a threshold and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so Gaz is on the same level as a Catan. That's great. Yep. Easily. That. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see it, but Gaz is up here and Satana right here. But you have to, you have to visually think of where I'm putting these. So in my mind, you were stretching up towards a roof for Gaz and then you had it much lower for Catan. And I'm not even saying I was doing that on purpose. That's just my unintentional You're not wrong. (laughs) That was the correct (laughs) answer. Ooh, he wins a million Monopoly dollars. Yay, Monopoly dollars. (laughs) Um, But there's another thing to note about injured tokens. Once Mm -hmm. you're injured, your actions cost more to do now. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. You want to go explain that? Yeah, so... All the special actions, this is kind of, I was re- talking about how things are like CP. You can kind of think of these as like almost like unit specific tech ops or tech ploys. There, you spend your will of the force tokens to do special things like get an extra move or um, get your, th- that coordinate jump thing that uh, Bo-Katan can do. It all costs will of the force. But if they're injured, then you have to spend an additional force ability. Um, if you're injured twice, you're out of there. So I don't, I don't think I've seen anything with more than two injury um, points. But then again, there's so much of the game that we don't know yet. Um, anyone that's going to have it, it's not going to be Rex, but it would be... I think Maul. No, even, even Maul is a two. He's a two. He's a glass cannon. Oh, yeah. Tano's three. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's a bit defensive. She's um oh god, I really like Ahsoka Tano. Um, but I digress. Um even if you were to have two injury tokens on Ahsoka, um, she's still just injured, but just has two tokens. So it wouldn't cost an additional for each token. Um, but that can that doesn't matter as much if you think about what's gonna happen once you're at that point. Because if you have several models that are injured there's a good chance that you also are missing a ton of models as well and at that point you're going to be refreshing your um your will of the force more frequently because you're going to be reshuffling your deck more frequently yes which uh, again as we talked about is that slingshot where mm-hmm. if you're kind of on the down this is a way for you to get back up yeah, there's, there's, I really like the card influence in the game as, as I've been, I have semi made a uh, skirmish game in my own mind. Uh, and it also uses cards. So I'm, I am a big fan of the, of that kind of mechanic. So yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm liking how shatter points really turning out. So mm-hmm. it's I'm really excited game. to play it. I, I can't wait for it. And I, and I also think it's going to be a very straightforward game to play for newer, um, newer war gamers. Um, I, I recently picked up fire team, which was the Barnes and Noble version of kill team. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kill team. We have kill team at home, uh, but I picked that up because <laughs> my, my wife and I uh, decided to share some of our own hobbies with each other. And mm-hmm. I figured, okay, this will be a easier way for her to, um, to, digest rules um for kill team because it's a lot more straightforward and then these rules drop and i was like oh no this would be so much easier because on the surface level you can have such a smooth beer and pretzels game with this right 
Yeah. Um, there's no crunching. There's no... Especially if she's into Star Wars. Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, getting people into 40K is, is completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it takes, was it takes a hot minute. Well, let's be honest. 40K is so sad. <laughs> Not for the orcs. They're the only ones that are happy. <laughs> Them fungi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but even though it's so straightforward, there's such massive depth and nuance to that ceiling. Just looking at all the different move influencing things that you could do when the game's all about objective control. Um, it's just super interesting, like jumping up to someone and smacking them a bunch with your lightsaber and then pushing them off the objective. So that way you score a point. Um, you could just run up to someone and just beat them up a bunch, or you could do play the positional game with it and really nuance where you end your movement. So that way your force push or shove or whatever it be moves them in a specific way that it um, gets them far enough from the objective so that way you own it. Like, that, but, that not cliff, a, you but not off a cliff. But not off a cliff. Yeah, yeah you correct. Can push anybody off a cliff. I, was, I was pretty was disappointed sad. by that. Yeah. It's silly. <laughs> it's silly. I feel like if you put yourself in a position where you're going to be next to a cliff, I think it's, you know, because if you fall, you're not taking damage. It's just more of an inconvenience. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. and Space OSHA was definitely not... Um, <laughs> citing a lot of the terrain that we've seen because there are no guardrails <laughs> at all also you can't you can't push somebody into a wall and have them take damage for being pushed into a wall yeah Which also I, makes me sad it makes I, yeah. terrain so much more interesting but i feel like they really wanted terrain to have like really light rules mm-hmm. so i f- i feel like that's one of the reasons why they went with that route but it is the and um, it, it also gives space for those rules to live on data cards Right. Maybe you have a very aggressive mm. force user um, or you have a bounty hunter with jet boots, right? That they have an empowered shove or an empowered force where it can push you off of uh, surfaces or you take a damage if you collide with something or maybe it allows you to collide with another model and you both move back, something like that. It, it, it By keeping the terrain rule simple, you can make you can put those exceptions on the cards, which is neat. You're absolutely yeah, so right. I'm just waiting for Darth Vader to come out so he can have like a force choke ability that he's like, as long as he doesn't take any damage for two turns, he just def- complete, completely defeats a character by just holding. He has to stay still and he just holds people in place, just chokes them to death because that's what I want to see. Uh, force <laughs> choke is so good in Legion. Um, it really is. It's like a little, is it? here's a damage, kill one yeah. back. Oh. Yeah. You literally just choose a unit and just say, yeah, that guy who's your medic or that guy who's your heavy gunner, they're just dead. Just take them off. Dead. No saves, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Just, just done. Just done. Uh, it, it's uh, it's so fun. So they could do something yeah. cheeky with that. But I, I would rather it be like a forced choke, which then like lifts them up and allows you to drop them reposition off of the ledge yeah. and reposition. Because I did that so much in Jedi Outcast. Oh, that's um, <laughs> Yeah, that that's there's so much that they could do. It's it's and that and that's what's nice about simple terrain rules, simple basic rules is that all that stuff lives and gives character to the characters. And it could always um, expand in the future, right? Mm-hmm. They could always give us more definitive terrain rules in the future and an expansion. So I kind of hope they don't. Ones. I yeah. kind of hope they don't. don't. I, I kind of like it exactly. Like rules? This. What's that? 
Like if you get hit by a wall, like a spike comes out and you get hit or something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. A Sarlacc pit. You fall into. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Game over. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> you could have a trash compactor. Yeah. See, that'd be fun. This, this is a narrative, though. It's absolutely like yeah. you know. Don't worry about them too much. Um, oh, one thing we didn't mention, and probably a nice kind of closing quality of life thing to mention, is that you can move over anyone's base, any yep. character. Um, they finally don't get in the way. So nice. So nice. Um, so even enemies, you could just run through a whole cluster of enemies and end up on the other side. Yeah, it's because you could like backflip over them or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, uh, it wouldn't make sense for robots. I mean, robots could roll through the roll through people's legs and stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or Roger, Roger, they're way by. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite excited that there's three like robots that come on one base. It mm-hmm. it it does upset me that there are that the one specific picture that they show on page 19 that the 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 droids are on different bases, mm-hmm. and I don't know why they did that, but you know, can't be too upset. Might depend on the data card. Maybe some are relevant in their own. They're on their own. And others are on the same. Right, yeah. They work in squads because, you know, they're much weaker than as opposed mm-hmm. to a clone trooper, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, su- it's which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Very unique. It's very fun. And I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Comes out in June this uh, year. They, they either say summer or June. They say th- their advertising says both. And, uh, and, and you want uh, us to get pushed. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm just like, no, 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 make it June. They might Please be forced to push it to later. Oh no! In the month, I'd I, be okay I with that. that. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. No. <laughs> Wouldn't be the I, end of the world. I'd be okay with that if people on Etsy would just get their act together and scale up some of the uh, some of the prints for the uh, <laughs> for the Legion models. So that don't way worry, I it will happen. Marvel just had about- this; they did it for Marvel. They'll do this for they'll <sighs> do this for Star Wars. Just text me, Emmanuel. I'm on Etsy. <laughs> I, can, I can i can 3d print whatever you want my guy where, where can i find you on etsy you can find me on lustersworkshop.com or oh, lusters workshop nice. on etsy yeah well, a lot of kill team stuff and i'm excited that uh i'm going to be making a lot of Shatterpoint stuff as well so Ooh, if you like my nice. stuff for kill team i'm going to make some similar stuff probably lightsaber themed colors for uh for Ooh. for this as well you had me at struggle tracker struggle tracker will be there Uh, the struggle is the struggle is real (laughs) how about you Emmanuel you got any plugs since we're on a plug train yeah yeah let's plug away toot toot Um, you can find me at uh, strategicadvantage.blog and um, any podcast that asks nice enough Um, (laughs) we were mean we actually held him down and punched him and said yes Dakota came by and kicked me in the knees. I don't know why. I, I, did, said go yes. his, I, I did go to his house. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, strategicadvantage.blog. I am plucking away at one of my newer um, newer articles that should be coming out hopefully within a week of this um, going live. Um, talking about higher level strategy for commandos on how you play the mission with them. It's uh, taken a little time to write this one because I'm having to relearn how to play uh, secure and capture now that the uh, point cap is um, lifted. So uh, very different game now. And I'm, I'm, I've gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of uh, 
thank yous for that. A lot of Commando players have been reaching out and a lot of people have been motivated to pick them up after reading those articles. So it's really heartwarming to find that the green tide is growing but due to my efforts. Well, they, I do have exciting news about Commandos. They're, yeah. The Ben from Battle Brothers did run a tournament this past weekend down mm-hmm. in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he had a Commandos player one. They're yeah, right. 20, 20, between 20 and 24 players. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty big for their first event too. So it's cool to see kill teams still growing throughout the United States. Oh, 100%. I hope no, no shortage of growth happens anytime soon because both games are going to be great. I'm sure that's um, due to, I'm sure that guy's reading your blog. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, if not, then oh my god, he's going to get so much better. Um, it's very good. It's very good. If anyone's out there and you haven't done it yet, go check it out. Oh, I appreciate that. And um, the other thing to plug is uh, the hobby challenge that I run for. Speaking of uh, Battle Brothers Tabletop, him, Threes to Wound, and GFN Gaming, they have their podcast, uh, Kill Team Casuals. And this year, they asked me to run their um, their hobby challenges. And this month. Until end of the month, midnight Pacific Standard Time is Tackle That Terrain. Um, all the details are on the Strategic Advantage blog, but basically paint a table of kid team terrain. Um, finally get it off sprue. Um, take an archaeological brush and get all the dust off of it. All that terrain that you've been neglecting. Uh, get it done and showcase it. How about you, Sai? you have anything you want to plug? I mean, as always, my IG, my Instagram at Sayon, and uh, the terrain I'm building currently for Emmanuel's um, contest uh, will be going up as my first video on my YouTube channel, Tabletop Mayhem. Oh, so nice! It'd be nice to get that support. Yeah, oh, guys, there we go. We're we're she's on video cameras now. She is video yeah. killed the radio well, star, you know. So so will me. <laughs> oh my God. I believe I believe that me, Giacomo, and Saya will all co be co releasing a video on three ways to paint the Gal- the Galadarks, and Saya will have a more in depth on hers as she has taken a lot more time and been fastidious. A efforts. lot more product. Well, let me tell you. Yeah, doing a whole boarding action, not just a kill team terrain, am I right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm just wow. going hard. Extra. I'm just going hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so I'm having a good time. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something meditative to painting terrain. It's uh, You can be a little bit more slapdash. And uh, I'm looking yeah, actually at my. Free yeah. battle damage. I, uh, I finally settled on my base terrain, my base. Um, scheme for my GW Galadark terrain. I've had this for ages and I haven't found a scheme that I like, but I sprayed them with Mechanicus Standard Gray and I gave them a moderate dry brush with um, Liberator Gold, um, which is a very aged kind of green gray gold. Um, Looks real nice. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I got on my painting table here. That's my second terrain piece. So I guess I'm technically doing boarding actions as well. Since yeah, I'm- <laughs> I just wanna- that means you're going to be playing boarding actions at the boarding nope. tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. I just Which is happening here. on June 3rd in yeah. Pasadena, California, and you'll be able to see all the terrain that uh, Squad Games has 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 done for this. We're going to bring our boarding actions uh, out, okay. so they'll be playable. Everything terrain. that we paint for our upcoming video will be played on at that event. Yeah. So it's going to be quite fun. Yeah, and Emmanuel said he'll be there ephemerally. 
Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that my my boarding action the 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 color that I ended up having to go with it was called uh, brain matter, and I just felt that was like <laughs> very nice. very appropriate. I was like, mm, nice, lovely. All right. Um, well, Dakota, you got any last plugs you want to add in? Um, just want to once again plug FLGs. Uh, our our link will be down there if you guys have anything else that you guys want to do. I do have something really big that I'm going to be announcing. I don't know when this when this episode is going to release. It might already be out there, but uh, should be pretty big. So looking forward to playtesting. It's going to be a new terrain set. We're going to be playtesting it down in in uh, San Diego this coming weekend for this for a tournament. Yeah, at the time of this recording, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I think I'm pretty excited about it. Hey Dakota, mm-hmm. is this what I think it is? It is. It could be everyone. Depending. Oh on what my you think god, it. it's so cool. <laughs> like yeah, he he cannot hype it enough. I, yeah. Oh, so it's cool. it's so cool because it. It's. Uh, I'll make a whole re- announcement for it, so I'm I'm quite excited. It'll be a whole thing. It'll be a lot of fun, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I'd like to mention is you can find us on Instagram at squad underscore games underscore entertainment. You can find us on our Discord, the Squad Games Discord, the best place to talk about Legion, probably, and the best place to talk about Guild <laughs> Team, also probably. <laughs> and I think there's like one post on Legion in there, and it's just me saying, "Woo, Star Wars!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's soon going to be the best place to probably talk about Shatterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, Shatterpoint! I <laughs> know uh, your favorite people are there, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios. One of the simplest names that I'm amazed no one ever took when I first started that account. It's, it's because you took, <laughs> that's how it's I feel my, it, my YouTube. You took it. So that's why no one could. <laughs> I guess. And of course, if you want to support us on patreon.com, we're on patreon.com slash squad games. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Till next time. Till next time. May the, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. So, um, fun fact, uh, almost all the chatter in the Star Wars Legion channel on Squad Games is about Star Wars Shatterpoint. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs>